Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kel on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate not only my 40th year, but the milestone of 100 chapters of the original blog. I will start from the beginning and move through 14 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me, celebrate the achievement of longevity and literacy. I never thought Kel on Earth would still be here. Hello friends, this chapter is a little bit out of order and to that theme, so is this particular section. Usually I jump straight into the chapter itself, however this one is a bit of a bonus and needs some context. What we are about to hear is our tale of two surgeries, which Jeanette and I created in our first year of uh, our time in Myanmar when we went to Bangkok to have a surgery done that Jeanette had needed for a while on her knee. At that time, I decided to have a health checkup and mm, hilarity ensued. (laughs) So. Part of what we are about to experience is, well, what we are about to experience is our reaction to the ridiculousness that was that weekend um, and a tale that was written on quite a few painkillers sitting in an airplane as we were trying to get out of Thailand and back to Myanmar where our healing would begin. So, (laughs) this format and content is considerably different than my typical fare. First of all, because I was not the primary writer, I had a co-writer on this text, and it is clearly a different text type. (laughs) It is our kind of um, take on a a drama, a theater production. How could this have been created? to for the stage as it were (laughs) because in our state it was far too humorous not to be um i don't know completely off the cuff and um figuring something out about um our experience in a way that uh i don't know translated differently than well this is what happened to us this weekend Uh, so i hope you enjoy my typical response at the end of this will go into the details. And apologies right here for the cursing. (laughs) I kind of can't leave it out because it's funny. So this is a little bit of a mm, inappropriate (laughs) post, but that's part of the fun. Enjoy. Part 1, Chapter 10, A Tale of Two Surgeries, 
April 2009. A story about this weekend, a story of chaos, a story of surrealism, a tale of two surgeries. A play in five acts by Jeanette and Kelly. Um, keep in mind that we were both on painkillers while writing this. Apologies for all of the cursing. <clears throat> Act one, scene one, lights up in a seedy hotel room. Jay. Oh my god, this isn't too bad. We have a nice bathroom. Kay. Whatever, dude. Did you see those ledges? I hate these bathrooms. Jay. Shut up! You're such a whiner. I'm going to enjoy everything I can while I have a functioning knee. Okay, functioning knee, my ass. Scene two. Lights up, Siam Paragon. Jay. I know that bra store is around here somewhere. Kay. So sure, dude. We are totally going to find it. Jay. But we've been to three of the seven malls. It's gonna be, it's gotta be around here somewhere. Kelly, eat me. Jay, showing her bra to random lady in the wrong bra store. K, rolls eyes. Sales lady, chattering an incomprehensible tie, pointing to the left. Jay, we were just over there already. K, yeah, like three times. Jay, but it looks just like Victoria's Secret. It's pink, how can we miss that? Okay, we have seen zero pink stores and have been in three different malls, three times a piece. Flash forward an hour. Jay, waving a bra around in Paragon Mall. Many blank stares from random shoppers. Okay, just get the green one. Jay, but ah, I don't want the green one. Okay, ooh, look, nipple dimmers, sweet. Jay, how much is 2000 bought again? Scene three. Outback Steakhouse. J. Are we really eating at a U.S. chain? K. No shit, dude. Welcome to McDonald's. J. Uh, yeah, damn, I have no comment. I love McDonald's. Cheeseburger, no meat. K. I want a chicken salad. J. Dude, that is not chicken. Chicken, that is chicken salad-like with mayo. Gross. K. Uh, that will not go well with my Heineken. Scene four. Lights up on MBK. J, hey look, I found a projector. K, hey look, I found my shoes. J, hey look, I found a sail. K, cute skirt. Act two, scene one. Lights up on Dawn, walking to Bumengrad Hospital. J, ah. Uh... <laughs> J, I'm going to be up and running in two days. K, rolls eyes, you are an idiot. J, fuck you. Okay, fine, you will be running. You are a rock star. Okay, give the lady your insurance card. J, an incomprehensible tie. Apparently we have to go upstairs now. Okay, this lobby looks like a hotel. J, it's a lot nicer than our hotel. J, strapped down in the OR, the nurse. Okay, we're going to give you anesthesia. Do you want me to count back from 10 like the movies? Uh, whoa, <laughs> and out. Scene two, lights up an 11th floor clinic. Okay, you want my insurance card? Uh, you want my blood? Uh, okay, you want my clothes? Uh, okay. Okay, you want me to do what with that x-ray machine? You gonna stick that just of where? What do you mean my bladder's not full? Fine! Okay, uh, my ovary is a what now? Oh, you can't tell the difference between my ovary and my uterus? That's not normal, right? Scene three, lights up on Jeanette sitting next to the deli. 
J. Starving, shoving sandwich down her throat, knee as big as a softball, taking pain meds as fast as she can, wondering where the hell Kelly is, crying in front of strangers at the pain in her knee. K. And I walk. J. Babbles about the pain. Oh, I have a hole in the cartilage of my knee. My ligaments seem to be fine. Physical therapy. Funny. K. Um, I have an ovary the size of a tennis ball. J. Shit, how did that happen? K. Must be removed. J. Fuck, who's gonna be my bitch? Scene four. Flash forward times six hours. J. Bad TV is really not that bad when you're stuffing your face with Kit Kats and drinking Heineken in an air-conditioned room. K. I am depressed. Stop babbling. Should I tell my mom? Shouldn't I tell my mom? Give me another beer. Act three. Scene one. In a taxi. Chris and Courtney. Visa extravaganza. K. Uh, God, guys, I'm so sorry. This is so my fault. We should have taken the SkyTrain. Court, whatever, man. Traffic sucks. Chris. And this driver doesn't know where the hell he's going. We just went five miles out of the way, and it's been 45 minutes. <laughs> Court. Just, it's fine. We'll get out and take the train. Chris. We are missing it. We are not going to get there on time. Court. Calm down. Let's go. Chris. Picking up random phones and slamming them down and screaming, they don't work. Court. Calm down. Scene two, standing outside Myanmar Embassy. Chris, jumping back and forth from foot to foot. Dude, just give it to us. Court, calm down. Court, talking to the guard. Can you please just get it for us? Guard, slips visa and passports through crack in the gate. Court, what about the receipt? Slam. Kelly, sweet, we made it. Let's walk to the next station. Anyone want Pizza Hut? It's not that far. An hour later, on foot. Okay, sorry guys. I guess it's right next to our hotel. <laughs> Act four, scene one, room 614, Bumengrad Hospital. Okay, holy shit, I have a flat screen. Okay, looks around. Um, am I supposed to be in pain? First thing I should think is probably not about the flat screen. Check out my cool bed. Is that a refrigerator? Okay, pulls up gown. It appears that I have three holes in my abdomen. I wonder if I still have a right ovary. I wonder if my kidney's been sold on a black market. Enter Jeanette. Jay, how you doing? My day sucks. Waited in the waiting room for three hours to see the doctor. Then he stuck numerous needles in my knee and drained out shit, ton of blood. Then they told me my knee is fucked and I can't even consider walking on it for at least three weeks. Jay, how was your day? Okay, I might not have an ovary. Wanna watch a movie on my flat screen TV? Jay, yep. Got any beer in that fridge and nice bathroom? It's designed for gimps like me. Okay, yeah, I went over there by myself and I got in trouble. Jay, jackass, well, I could stand. I thought I would try it. And then I got my IV stuck in the wheel and blood was leaving my body. Probably not a good idea. SMRT. Jay, jackass. Okay, shut up. Want to watch a movie or not? Scene two. Doctor explaining procedure with visuals. On flat screen TV. Jay, NK, jaws on the floor. Jay, holy shit, that's gross. Okay, that is inside my ovary? Jay, um, aren't the right and left ovaries usually far apart from each other? Doctor, yes, but her ovary is so damn big, it's taken up all the space. Okay, shut up. Chris, I think I'm gonna puke. Court, calm down. Scene three. Okay, damn, this bed is awesome. Scene four. Okay, what do you mean I don't have a copay? Can I go? Yes? Sweet. Act five, scene one, knocking on the hotel door. Okay, dude, wake your ass up. I'm out of the hospital for Christ's sake. 
Jay, dude, what time is it? You scared the shit out of me. K, noon, jackass. J, fuck, I was sleeping. K, no shit. J, hi, Abby. Scene two, Jeanette and Abby hang out. This is redacted for the classified nature of their conversation. Scene three, Kelly enters after a nap. K, let's go get Pizza Hut and let's go to Pizza Hut drunk, bitches. J, Sorry, Kay, I know, we can make Jay walk the whole way on crutches. That will be fun. Abby, yeah, she can make it. Jay, halfway there. Fuck you guys. Jay, I'm sweating my ass off. Kay, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Kay, you know what else is funny? Pizza Hut's on the second floor. Kay, check out them stairs, bitch. Jay, ugh, I hate you guys. Don't these people deliver? Abby, <laughs> Jay, Kay, and Abby, pizza. Scene four, mere hours later. J, what time is it? K, we have to get up in 15 minutes. J, <laughs> I know, right? K, I'm going to go to the airport as a dirty bitch and I don't give a shit. J, my belly hurts, too much beer. K, me too, except for the beer part and at a broken ovary. Scene five, the airport. J, someone just give me a fucking wheelchair before I scream. Hostess lady, ma'am, you can't sit on the rolly cart. K, Seems sees line at immigration. Fuck, we're stupid. Why did we get here so late? J, I know. What were we thinking? K, that we were in Yangon? We get special service because Jay is in a wheelchair and bored with five minutes to spare. Scene six. Everyone must now deboard the airplane because of fog over Yangon. K and J. Fuck. And scene. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess honestly, what what can I really say about this? There there doesn't seem to be much left to discuss aside from, uh, oh my God. <laughs> um, some of these details, I, I've, I've remembered this document off and on over the last, gosh, now 13 years. And every time I think about it, I just kind of shake my head and be like, that, that is an amazing artifact of a particular state of mind. <laughs> you know, when you get that kind of um, creativity, not that this is good by any means, but you get a wild hair to create something that is representative of a moment where you're not totally in control of yourself. Man, that is, it's fun. It's a little bit scary. Uh, again, lots of cursing, <laughs> but you know, come on, it's pretty tame. Uh, and it was a moment that was so fun. We were, we were just astounded that that event happened. And again, it's not that big of a deal in the space of the world, but it was kind of a perfect storm of what the heck is going on? 
why am why would Jeanette dream? Why would she be moving on a freshly cut into knee to go down to Pizza Hut? Like why what decisions were made there? And it's also fun to see a world from 13 years ago that didn't have a lot of didn't have Uber. Now, we were stupid. This clearly was a city where delivery existed. Like I don't know McDonald's had a delivery service in 2009. Uh, so in Thailand, in Bangkok in particular. So I, I don't know what we were thinking, um, but again, that's part of that's part of the fun of this. We we clearly weren't, and it showed. Like even before the surgeries were happening, we're going on wild goose tra- chases with other friends of ours, and just being completely well, completely cognizant is probably a bit of a stretch, but being aware at the time as we were sitting on an airplane. Of the absurdities of the of the ridiculous decision making, that literally as we were doing them, we're like, "This is stupid. This is a bad idea. Why? <laughs> Why are we doing this?" Um, mixed in with the very real physical trauma that our bodies were going through at the time. Like, I didn't feel like anything was wrong with me. I had dropped probably 20 pounds in six months since I had been to Myanmar. I thought it was a result of my new lifestyle, my new diet. I thought um, I thought that it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad thing. Like I, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling fit. Mostly, I was still drinking way too much, but you know. You're in your 20s, and it's not affecting your body yet. So I'm like, woohoo! This is this is awesome. Even though I was still, every time I went out clothes shopping,、um, the Asian mentality of Western or the Asian awareness of Western body types that are bigger,、um, bone structure is bigger on us plow and stock Europeans. So. Being called fat, <laughs> even 20 pounds lighter than than my typical weight at the time, was like, oh well, that 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 definitely keeps you grounded, keeps you grounded. So we were, we went through surgeries, and I don't know. I mean, I was clear in in、um, my section or in when I realized that this was the hospital that we were going to do these procedures in. I couldn't believe that this was a hospital. It looked phenomenal. I'd never like all of the hospitals that I'd been to in the states, and and to be fair, a lot of them have been modernized and updated. Not that that's necessarily significant to the amount of the type of care that you will get. You know, if you've got a beautiful hospital, a new hospital doesn't ensure that you're going to get great service. But dang, you know, the、um, it matched. It all matched. So the service that I got in going through the、um, going through the the stages、um, through a、uh, preventative healthcare check, you make an appointment. And again, 2009, very easy to do online. And I had been living in Myanmar, so this was all fabulous. It was amazing. 
uh, that things could be done so efficiently and quickly. And each step, this you stop at um, station one, which is where you check in. You stop at station two, which is where you pay. You stop at station three, where you pick up some juice boxes and water. And you need to start filling your bladder because you know there were gonna there was gonna be an ultrasound and you needed a full. Anyway, so every step and step seven was this doctor and step eight was this doctor. So the whole thing was. I mean, I hate to say it because it's, I mean, it's, it was like a, a factory. It was the, the efficiency was, I felt like I was being a Ford being, being built on a, on a, um, on a line, <laughs> which again, that, you know, the industrialization of that is a little scary, but at the same time, you knew exactly what to expect. There was no getting yourself lost in confusion, um, like they, they treated it like a well-run machine, a business, um, which again can be sterile. It could be not overly um, emotional. But for me, in my medical care, after having grown up in America where, uh, you know, it was, it, you know, relatively strong medical attention I've received in the United States. I mean, I did go through a massive... Um, car accident and the generally the hospitals were great and the people were great but just this kind of like we are here to acknowledge that you have a body that needs care we are going to care for that body and send you on your way and then not charge you much for it gosh man so we had our insurance covered quote preventative care and so we went there and I think it was like $400 a year or something just to go outside of your regular checkups, your, your the regular things you need to go through. But the preventative care matched, it was $400 to get a full body workup, EKG, um, uh, you know, um, sorry. <laughs> I'm, that was just, I'm going in the stages, right? So that's the first thing, they check your blood pressure, but then go and rig up the the little sticky bits on your on your chest and your side to test your heart and your lungs and full ultrasound I, I talked to Americans about the ultrasound situation who gets ultrasounds except pregnant women like that's my mentality around ultrasounds why would I need an ultrasound and the answer to that question would be like well don't you want to check on the health and the of uh, the the health of your organs. It, we, we don't just look for babies in ultrasounds. You look for other issues in your ultrasound, like which again comes back to my particular instance where had I not gone at that time, I had an ovary that was bigger than a tennis ball. And it was, it was soft, it was squishy, like all my other internal organs are soft and squishy. So when you do all the typical exams to, to check for um, reproductive diseases or problems, when they give you a pelvic exam, they're looking for hard masses. And if they don't feel anything, then you're healthy, you're fine. And I was not healthy, I was not fine. And so they, ultrasounded me and checked my liver and my kidneys and my uterus and my uterus which that first uterus was an ovary like they couldn't tell the difference so uh, yeah 
the um in my mind the the amazingness i think the the imp, um the lack of personal connection with doctors with your with your um general practitioner with your gp like i would trade that for this because it literally saved my life and if we had that kind of coverage in the united states where it's just like let's filter everybody through let's get everybody's um preventative healthcare unfortunately it still costs something but $400 to do all of those tests to literally meet with three different doctors i met with a gynecologist i met with a gp and somebody i don't know if it was a full doctor checked my my eyes so i i talked to an optician in a 2 hour session like come on and people just filter through can we can we address can we talk about how amazing that would be for americans for anybody in the world if people had access to the kind of healthcare that oh i don't think anything's wrong with me but if i go and do a preventative healthcare check i can i can see i could double check that you know oh see uh oh my cholesterol has gotten higher from last year or two years ago whoops better better be aware of that i didn't know my cholesterol was high but because i wasn't feeling the physiological effects but it's like okay my my lipids are up or whatever so wouldn't that be amazing for people to actually have the knowledge about their physical self and the doctors just print it out for you at the time i got a cd with my medical records i mean obviously i'm like well crap several years later i'm like well this is obsolete how do i get my medical records up off of this but they send you everything and now you know going going to my current um gp there is something similar at least there's the discussion and they do some blood tests but not this not to the same degree so anyway <laughs> that was a long diatribe about about how i feel about medical care and i know the people in my life are very aware and probably feel the same about how amazing it would be to have that kind of access to the medical industry because it's literally life-saving of course it is um so while that was happening to me where a doctor who I'd never met before was looking at my ultrasounds he saved my life he looked at that screen and said guess what you need to get into surgery now and i'm like uh what and oh my god you have space for me like this is you i'm you're going to clear an operation theater so that you can get in laparoscopically and figure out that that cyst that was on my ovary or in my ovary or around my ovary and the next day i was in surgery and it was amazing and i didn't have similar like i didn't have a lot of pain it was great I'm, like as i said i was walking around no big deal and it was i don't know it was wonderful you guys and i i should probably stop going on about it but while i was going through all of that janet had been going through surgery she was she was in surgery the whole time i was doing my preventative healthcare check and she 
woke up. I don't even remember if I texted her. I don't know. We didn't have phones. What am I talking about? I did not text her. We did not have phones. Um, we lived in Myanmar and we were in Thailand and weren't planning on going anywhere. That's probably why we didn't call for delivery. We didn't have phones. <laughs> oh my God. Hilarious. <laughs> we had to go out. We couldn't call anybody to deliver. Anyway. Um, so I found her. She had said, we're going to wait at the McDonald's, the McDonald's at the airport, at the airport, at the, at the hospital. And I found her eating her um, meatless cheeseburger. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, sitting at the McDonald's. And I'm like, you're never going to believe this. You have your, she's got her leg up. She's all wrapped. It's like three times the size of uh, what a typical leg slash knee should be. And chomping away happily at her burger, quote burger. Um, and I'm like, you'll never believe this. I, I have to have surgery. And that's again, part of, part of, it's all, it's all in the story, but like this, the more serious version of it is just like, but you can't, you're here to take care of me. Like who, who's going to literally push me around, not, you know, actually push with on in the, with the, um, with the wheelchair, not, you know, you idiot or whatever, push me around. <laughs> but still that's relevant. Um, who, who's going to take care of me? You were supposed to be here to take care of me. And I'm like, ah, they say this could kill me. I have to do it. And so there, you know, obviously there was no choice I had to. So the whole thing was just, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me that this is how things turned out and how they developed. So let's make bad choices and drink some booze, um, combining with, uh, medication kids don't do that. It's not, it's not right. It's not good for you. Um, and then we were just supposed to get, go to an air airport and like turn green. I was green at the airport because I didn't have a wheelchair. I was helping her, but I had just had surgery the day before or two days, but either way I had just had surgery and we were late and we were trying to get through the hospital and we were idiots who didn't think to talk to the um, people, to talk to the um, the airport people, the staff, to say, okay, she needs a, she obviously needs a wheelchair because they, she was, Jeanette was literally riding around on the damn uh, baggage carriers. <laughs> but I needed one too, and it didn't occur to me to get it because I'm like, well, I can walk. You idiot! You just had your insides moved around. Like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> I, oh, I'm glad. I'm so happy to have this evidence of that. Because if we didn't have something so ridiculous as evidence, I don't I don't know if people would believe me. I'm sure obviously. Like I'm a very believable person. <laughs> But it was nuts. It was nuts, you guys. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that dramatic retelling of uh, A Tale of Two Surgeries. Uh, surreal. Really cool portrait of that particular moment. And may we all 
have easy access to healthcare sooner rather than later. Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth. I hope to see you next time, uh, getting back on track with our typical uh, structure, our typical plan to get through the year. Uh, We are continuing with year two, a little bit out of order, but uh, I think this one was worth it for the lack of perfect chronological order. Hope to see you there.